To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Bagging up what he say, son. I, mean, yeah. I think, I think, you know, I think, I think he gonna turn it up for sure. I mean, I hope he do. I mean, we pretty much needed at this point. He gotta kind of have that type of run that Kobe had, you know. Now, of course, I don't want to mention that too much of how that ended, but he gotta have that type of stretch where Kobe was just like, man, I'm gonna put this on my back, and we get into the playoffs. So let's see what he do, man. Yeah, he better come through. We'll see. Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Owners Podcast, episode 31. 31. Your Opinionated Bench Owners are back. Carlos, Ramon, and the voice you're hearing right now is Rob. Los is out in San Antonio. Ramon is sitting right next to me, as always. The setup. How y'all guys feeling today? Feeling good, man. As always. Episode 31. Do we know any famous 31s? I can't think of nothing off the top of my head, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we got nothing. It's just another episode, man. Next episode is our magic episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. But I'm feeling good as well, man. Ready to get in here and run it with my boys again as usual. So, I mean, let's let's get into it. Let's jump right into it, bro. Yeah, we took a week off because of uh, unforeseen circumstances. But we're back here. And we're doing what we do best. Um, how did y'all feel about the North Carolina Duke game last night? Well, of course. I think uh, you gotta you gotta give you gotta give North Carolina an asterisk on that win, man. You gotta give them an asterisk on that win. I worked with a big North Carolina fan, and they were all excited. Oh, we had people injured too. We had this, you know what I'm saying? But you you ain't have the best player. In, in college basketball injured. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like you got to get that game an asterisk, that win, a W to an asterisk. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, as a as a Duke fan, you know, it was kind of a, a tough game to watch last night. Uh, that UNC-Duke rivalry is always such a big rivalry, such a big game. And um, it was just crazy. I mean, within the first 36 seconds of the game, you see, as you were saying, you know, the best – player in college basketball who we know is going to be the number one pick seeing him go down and you can just tell that the team was just kind of shell-shocked after that it was you know it's the difference of if he was down before the game started and you could have planned for it and you could have you know all that kind of stuff but it was just like you know it just came out of nowhere and really just surprised them threw them off their game and North Carolina took advantage of it and, and really punished Duke down low in the paint where Zion would have been you know so yeah, I, I mean, the 
you know, it was it was disheartening because I was hyped about that game all week. You know, just you know, stipulation. You know, North Carolina versus Duke yeah. for years has been one of the best robbers in college basketball. And when you see Zion go down in the first in the first quarter, it was, I just kind of was deflated. I kind of was like, oh, I, I just really don't want to see This is not a product that I wanted to see. And, you know, I think it took the air out of the team. I mean, he's averaging with 21-8 and eight right now. Yeah. So, I mean, he's basically the heartbeat with Duke. So, when he went down, the matchup just didn't have the same, you know, appeal. The same juice, I mean, man. come on, man. They, they drew out Barack Obama. Yeah. President Barack Obama was there. You know, just celebrities galore was at that game. One ticket went for more than 10K. Exactly. I mean, it's like, yeah. but then the season bust out his shoe. Yeah. You know, shout out to Paul George. <laughs> I know Lowe's like that one. Man. When you, <laughs> I know when you saw the Paul George emblem on the shoe, he was like, look, you shouldn't have been wearing those trash shoes. Uh huh, exactly. <laughs> you get Paul George. <laughs> but, but hey, I'll say this though, bro. Um, they did open the eyes to Barrett, though. You know, can Barrett lead a team? Can Barrett, you know, be that guy that gave him the opportunity to kind of step up in that spotlight, you know? And, and he, because, I mean, at the beginning of the year, the talk was, was it going to be Barrett or was it going to be, you know, Zion, the number one pick? I mean, since the game, since it's been, you know, games into it, we, we, got also, we know who's going to be the number one pick now. But, you know, if, if Zion is going to miss some time, you know, a game or two, I'm interested to see if Barrett can step up and lead the team. Oh, uh, I and just to answer that, man, R.J. Barrett is definitely equipped to do it. You know, a lot of people, of course, like Zion is the more efficient player. Zion has been the player that has popped, but R.J. is leading the team in scoring. Um, I'm, I can't remember. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he may actually be leading the ACC in scoring right now. No, he's averaging about 23, 24 points per game. Um, and, and really, R.J., He's really another guy that, you know, of course, we'll later get into NBA draft stuff, like later, later down the line. But I, I think RJ is another franchise talent. So I think that RJ can do it, you know, if it is something that will put on his shoulders. I think he can handle that. Well, most specifically, uh, recently, when we saw him, uh, Zion fall, it it looked pretty bad. It was yeah. a pretty awkward fall, but it came out to that. It was just a great one knee spring, and then he's day-to-day. Um but it leads to a conversation, I guess a common conversation, yeah. and we we're gonna be, I guess we're gonna be basic, and discuss it. But I mean, how do y'all personally feel about guys for going uh, their freshman year, maybe sitting out their freshman year of what will be their freshman year in college, and just going straight to the league? Because I mean, Zion, we we all I think collectively agree that he's probably the number one pick mm-hmm. in this NBA draft. Uh, he's been one of the, I think they say, the best draft prospect since LeBron. So, I mean, with stipulations on that, I mean, he's guaranteed he's going to be top five if he, if he didn't play a single minute yeah. for Duke. So, I mean, do you think that, like, some of the consensus is, like, why even risk it and, you know, risk it getting hurt, especially when it materializes when he was injured mm-hmm. last night, which he took a scary fall. I mean, do you think that, what do you think? You think they, you know, guys like of his caliber should skip there for some time? Um, I, I'm, uh, okay. What what I think particularly with this situation, um, well, just in general, uh, I think a guy has to decide what's best for them. I think some guys should maybe even think about 
taking that year and maybe going overseas, playing in Europe for a year or something like that. I know Luca. Because they were <laughs> I see what you did there. But I'm just saying that, that it could work for some guys. But even specifically for Zion, I know everybody, you know, is talking about the Zion hype and how, you know, he would have been this and that, you know, had he not come. But if we really look at it, Zion before this year started was projected to be the number two or three pick. Now, I know it's not a great difference between two or three and being number one. But really, him coming and playing college basketball is what even caused him to pop even more. If you look at it, pretty much every uh, mock draft before this season started, the number one guy on that list was R.J. Barrett. But seeing Zion in the flow of college basketball propelled him to be far and away the number one pick. So it has done something for his stock to me with him actually playing. And so, you know, we see a guy in a, a Mitchell Robinson that – didn't go and play college basketball, set out the year. Of course, he did end up getting drafted later in the first round, but he really was projected to be more so of a lottery pick. So he could have made more money had he probably gone to college. So, I mean, to each his own, but I still think you go ahead and take that year and go to college and show yourself on that level. Um, I disagree with you um, 100%. I think if these players are ready, why hold them back? You know what I'm saying? We've seen some of the greats, you know, come out. You know, so one of our greatest players come from high school. And, you know, yeah, it took him some time. He rode the bench for a little while. But, again, you know, if he's not getting paid and NCAA is making money off his back, you know, and he's not getting paid for this, why not let these kids go straight to the league, you know, and start making money for their talents instead of playing basically for free, risking injury, and maybe hurting their you know, their pockets long-term, you know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, like I said, you have the Kobe's, you know, players like him who, who came straight into the league, you know, the Tracy McGrady's, you know what I'm saying, uh, that came straight into the league and did and, and showed that maybe that, hey, they didn't dominate the league right away, but they showed that they can show up and be great. I mean, LeBron James, you know, he's another one, straight from high school, straight into the league, you know, and, you know, a lot of people compare, you know, the size and the, the agility and the, the just how 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 big he is, you know, to LeBron. So I mean, I just see it. I see it as a future thing. I think that the league has to look at that and allow these players to start coming back in at the at the age of eighteen or nineteen years old. Um, I think just to just to chime right back in, I think what happened right there is we may have interpreted even that question two different ways. Because I'm 100% with you. I've always felt that a, a player should be able to go straight from high school to the league. So I 100% agree with that. I thought the way you were initially phrasing it, Robin, correct me if I'm wrong, was if the, the system is what it's like currently, should a player still, in fact, go to college and take that risk? Or should they just sit out a whole year and then wait to go to the right. league? Yeah. So I, I, yeah, yeah, that's why I was talking about more specifically with the system in place. Uh, but I disagree with the NBA, you know, and Adam Silver has uh, actually, you know, he, he's actually made statements saying well, they, he would like to they actually put that back. in. Yeah. Well, they actually put in the thing today. Did you? Oh, I didn't yeah. See that. yeah. Today they, they basically uh, put in the league uh, to the NBA Players Association or whatever, uh, proposing the draft eligible age requirement to change from 19 to 18. Yeah. So they, yeah. so Adam Silver they are requesting yeah. that, and I do agree yeah. with that and, piece. And, and prior to what, you know, I didn't know it they had the label. Prior to today, 
And I think the injury of, of somebody that's high profile like Zion, you know, uh, but Adam Silver has always said that he would look at yeah. moving the age back to 18. I think that that's the truth. Like, these are grown men. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the NBA was it was a huge mistake in trying to move it up. Now, I mean, I don't want to skip too much because this is a big topic in yeah. so many aspects. But, you know, well, to answer the question, I don't think that, you know, I agree with you, man. I don't think that a player should sit out with this current system their first year because, that, you know, the competition in the ACC is very high. Yeah. You got some of the, you know, you got what I think, I know three or four top top five teams in the ACC of talent in the nation yeah. uh, in that conference alone. Yeah. So, you know, Zion is playing people that he's going to be playing for against for a long time, mm-hmm. including his teammates, R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. Yeah. But outside of that, I don't just, I don't want to repeat what you guys said because I agree with, with, with Los and I agree with you as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we all collectively agree that these guys should have a choice. They should. Um, but, you know, to speed it up, you know, the thing about it is that things change. And I think that with the leagues, with these, with the NBA, we've seen with the NFL and, you know, Los, you know, we, we've, had, we've gone back and forth. But, uh, you know, the past couple of weeks with, with our Rams and Saints, you know, just what, what has happened with the Saints and, you know, we, we even touched on the last podcast about the major leagues just, you know, implementing like two years ago, you know, reviewing, being able yeah. to review a foul ball or yeah. a home run. And the thing is, is that people are very, you know, what has proven in these leagues. And we, we hold so much credence with the leagues because they make so much money and you just think that they get it right every time. But these people up top fail to realize that times are changing. Yeah. Now, when you look at the system now, with with college sports and just in general, the spectrum spectrum of college football, you know, and, and it's constantly said, you know, and it, it seems egregious that millions of dollars are being made. You're able to bet on these games. These coaches are making millions, and the players are putting themselves out there, and you know, risking their health every every day. And which is the reason why it became a question: Should players sit out? You know, who are high profile that know mm-hmm. they're going to go in the first round, or you know, are going to be lottery picks, but. The game is evolving, you know. I, I think when you date it back to like the nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, when college sports first began, I don't think they could have imagined in two thousand nineteen. Well, I say two thousand, with probably about five. That's when you know college sports really started taking off. I don't think they could have envisioned college sports being this profitable, and I think that the rules are implemented now where players cannot get paid and players are just getting a scholarship. Well, back then, you know, a scholarship to a college was was very, very, and it's still valuable. But at the same time, times are changing now. Now that it's profitable, you got March Madness, you got the national championship, you got uh, NCAA football playoffs. I think that these rules have got to change. They have to evolve along with the times that we're in now. You know, now that this is so profitable, I think that the college players should be implemented. I think that, you know, the the higher ups that are in control of making these rules, they they are, they're so stuck in their ways of, of the past that, you know, a scholarship is enough that these are uh, student athletes that they shouldn't be compensated. But that's hypocrisy when you're making millions of dollars off for these young guys that's throwing themselves out there every day. So I think that what's the problem is that. You know, just like the NBA, I mean, well, the NBA is very progressive. I, that's a bad example. But the NFL, you know, with their re- review system, the MLB 
You know, they, they was America's greatest game for years and years, and they're finding themselves behind. I think that it's the same thing with college sports. They are reluctant to really change with the times, and they're going to have to change the rules with, you know, you know, with, with players, you know, not being able to profit, profit off their likability. Think about how much money Zion, Cam, and R.J. Barrett is bringing to Duke University mm-hmm. this year, and they're mm-hmm. not going to see any of those dimes, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that it has to change. You know, the rules have to evolve just like the game has evolved. Yeah. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more on that, man. You, best, best segment I've heard. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think you completely nailed it. Now, to, to go from another angle, um, I think that part of it is that they don't want to put in the work to change the system. Uh-huh. And so what I'm saying with this is, okay, it's easy and simple to say, all right, players should be able to be paid. Very simple. But when you get down to it, of how do we structure that? So how do we make sure that this is equitable or make sure that, okay, it's okay that this player gets this, yet this player only gets this amount? Is that going to be fair? Are we going to get into lawsuits? Or are we going to have people complaining? So how do you say, all right, I'm just going to use this as an example. How do we say, all right, for Duke University, our basketball team is this. And so our main three players, you know, Cam, uh, Zion, RJ, and I'm going to throw Trey in there as well because Trey is very important. Those main four get this amount. But do the bench players get the same thing? Or do the women's tennis team get the same thing? Or do, you know, how do you do that? Yeah. Right. So that's a good point. I like that. That's a good way to address it. But I think you kind of got to look at it how they're doing this new uh, football league, the AAF, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's pretty much making the same amount of money across the board. Now, that may be impossible for smaller schools to do. So I think you should do it kind of like, kind of like, you know, I'm going to compare it to the military. What the military do, the military, they give everybody a certain budget, a certain budget to roll with. And so you base it off that budget and everybody everybody across the board from the star player to the bench player gets some type of allowance, gets mm-hmm. the same amount, you know, and that's the only way I think you can make that fair across the board, um, you know, to where there's no controversial, you know, decisions, why is this player making more, why is it favoritism, things of that stuff, things of that nature that can stay out of it. You can just pay everybody, you make it on a basketball team, you make the final cut on that basketball team, you get this amount, you mm-hmm. know, for your time being in there. Now, it's not going to make them filthy rich, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not do that you know what i'm saying but it's going to at least make them to where they can decently pay for stuff and you know and decently live you know uh, a college life while they're in college yeah but i mean let's not be naive either we know that these guys these stars players are getting money under the table yeah i mean we would me all three of us went to lsu yeah. and there'd be nothing to in a souped up charger where is he getting the money from? Where is he? Not to dry snitch. I feel like I just dry snitch. Yeah, no, I know. I, I wouldn't go into name drop. I just said players. Players were on campus driving around. That was years ago, though. But, you know, just like you said, it was nothing to see star players. <laughs> star players uh, with souped up cars. Yeah. You know, the freshest fits. Yeah. You know, with... With design on, yeah, you know, we, we know. I mean, come on, we know we're not blind. You know, it's right. nothing to for them to. You know, I've heard stories that you know, play. Not nah, am I snitching? Uh, maybe I shouldn't. 
So, okay, we're looking at Duke basketball, but that's not the only thing that's within Duke's athletic department. So, within their athletic program, so Duke has a lacrosse team. They got a football team. I'm sure they have some type of soccer, but some think, type of I tennis, think that it should go some into type the profitability of profitability of the sport, though. You know, and that, that, I think that would, you yeah. know, make it more fair. Like, basketball is going to be more profit, profitable than lacrosse yeah. if it's not, but if you it's not know, at Duke. Or, but. You know you gonna have that athlete, whether whatever they playing, whether it's tennis or what. Hey, I'm putting in blah blah blah. I'm putting in the same amount of work that this blah 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 is doing. Yeah, but I mean, major league players make more than yeah. NFL players, so I mean, it's just all about. The no, players. I get it. I'm with it. I'm but, with it. I'm no, with it. I was just right, trying to but, present another point. But that just goes to the complexity. That. Yeah, like a lot of people like are saying, "Hey, these players ought to get paid," and then, yeah. but they're not thinking about. The profitability of the sport, yeah, it's, the yeah. profitability of the league. What would you know? Like it's, it's, and then not all athletic programs are, are like your Dukes or like right. your LSU's or like your. There right. are a lot of uh, of athletic departments that are out there that may be breaking even. So right. you have the fact that it in too, and what That's other crazy. and what people have said too is all right. So. I mean, we understand that certain schools and stuff like that have a leg up recruiting-wise anyway. We, we understand that. But let's just say certain athletic departments don't necessarily have the funds to to do that. Then, obviously, then they're not going to draw the athlete, which they probably wouldn't draw them anyway, so it could be a moot point anyway. But I'm just I'm just saying, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's a lot complex. of little... It's, it's, it's complex. complex. Yeah. But with all that being said, I still think the three of us can still agree that something that you got to start figuring out something like something got to be there. Yeah. They got some great minds in this world. They can figure yeah. it out. <laughs> so not to spend that much time on that. Uh, so are we going to, we're going to do, well, we, NBA draft is wild away. So we probably will do yeah, that. Nah, we, yeah. We can do that later. Probably on. We got to give it a draft coming yeah. up. I don't want to talk about the NFL draft on the pod yet. I want to, like, maybe do a whole episode in the field. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we'll be having mocks coming up soon and all that, so. Yeah, so, um, yeah, but, but yeah, Zion, Zion, you know, that's, that brings up, that's an interesting conversation, but we could go on for days about that. So, um, so we're in the second half of the NBA season. Um, guys are about to start gearing up to play hard, actually. We're about to see some competitive <laughs> Basketball, but I think the the season has been competitive. But I think yeah. we don't see people taking it to another level. But uh, yeah, Los's goat is revving up. Yeah. So I mean, I I guess we could start with the Eastern Conference. Um, with the moves that's been made with trades and whatnot. Uh, do y'all see? Do y'all actually see the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, really. 
like continue being the number one seed, or do y'all feel like that's who's gold? I mean, I think they still got these still all stars on their team. So I think I think you gotta take them serious, man. I don't I don't know. I think if the playoff season really don't matter, you know. They they shown that in the past, you know, with teams like the Warriors who didn't finish number one last year. I think even if they get one, I don't see them as a team that's going to the finals. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that's just playing well. They got the right pieces around them. They made a good trade, you know, and brought in a, another shooter, shooter and Miritic from the Pelicans. Um, they did sign uh, uh, Brooke Lopez this past offseason. I think they got the right pieces surrounded by, you know, Giannis. But I, I don't I don't see them being a true contender. I still think in a seven-game series that they would – they will give a good fight, but they'll lose when it comes down to it. Yeah, I, I agree with Los. I actually do think that they're going to kind of ride this wave and probably finish off as number one seed. I, I think that's going to happen. But, I mean, uh, a couple years ago, we saw the Atlanta Hawks do the same thing, and we know what that ended up leading to. Um, so I think it's going to kind of be a similar thing uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, honestly, if I had to say it, I really think that they'll be out in the second round. I think that when it gets down to those four teams, and I'm pretty sure you're going to move on to some of the other ones, um, I think that, that they'll get put out in the second round, but I think it's going to be a competitive series. So, but. Yeah, I mean, I do, unfortunately, I do think that the Milwaukee Bucks are like fool's gold. Um, they game Brooke Lopez, an agent Brooke Lopez. Chris Middleton's made an all-star. Yeah. So he, he deserves respect. Um... They added Miritich. Bledsoe? They got Bledsoe. Um, George here off the bench. George. I, I mean, they, they just got a bunch got of pieces. like, nah. You know Just not like elite. You like, know, yeah, not like, like every player, like, I'm like, nah. You know, I think ultimately, like, we, we know the game changes in the playoffs. Yeah. I do think Giannis going to continue doing what he does, but I don't think he, he has enough around him to really, like, make a run. So, like I said, they probably will. Um get past the first round definitely because the east is has always historically been weaker than the west so the ac in the east is probably wouldn't make the playoffs if they were in the west so you know i agree with you i, I do think that they probably will be out in the second round i, I mean if they if there's concurrently if it if the playoffs started today they'll be facing the detroit pistons as the ac and I mean, come on, they have a losing record. Like I mean, I, I, you know, we know that they would get past that, but you know that next matchup, you know, could have could have Brooklyn get them? Huh? I mean, could have Brooklyn or you know or maybe you know Charlotte? You know, I don't I don't know, but you know, ultimately, yeah, they they you know I, I do see them out as in the second round, but that's not taking away from Giannis. I do hope that they, you know, as a small market team, I hope they. You know, treat their superstar great, their megastar great, and, and, you know, get them some pieces around there. So, I know you guys gave me a hard time a couple of weeks ago when I said the Sixers be lucky if they make it past, what was the first round? Yeah. Of the playoffs? Um, I mean, like Rob said, you know, the playoffs start the day. They would match yeah. up and get them and go against Boston. Do y'all see them beating? Boston I thought the five round? and the six play. No, four, no and five. four and five. Four and five? Yeah, four and five. One and eight, two and seven, three and six, four and five. Y'all see them beating Boston? Nah, not today. They would they would not beat Boston. Um 
What Ooh, I've said, I mean, they, yeah, what I, I think they could. Nah, they the Boston has been their kryptonite definitely these last two years seasons. If you look at their record, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I think it's probably like seven and one or eight and one or something like that. But Tobias, um, Jimmy Butler, yeah, and they just and they like just the beat them with but with that full arsenal. I think that Jimmy Butler has a killer instinct, man. I mean, I think when the playoffs come around. Yeah, and Kyrie is a killer as well. Yeah, I'm not taking away from Boston, but I'm just saying, then Tobias, you know, he got that killer instinct. You know, they and then they got Embiid. You know, Embiid is a distributor. I, I think it'll, I think it'll be a good series. Oh, it'll be it'll be. I think it'll, it'll go to seven. It'll be a really good series, but for some reason too, now Embiid doesn't want to admit it, but he does have a difficult time against Horford for some reason. I. For some reason, he, he has a difficult time against Horford. So, I am with you, Los. I do agree with that. Like, if that started right there, I I wouldn't see them making it past Boston. But what I've said, what I've said about Philly is with the premise of me believing that, uh, that the Pacers are going to get overtaken at that number three spot and that the Pacers are going to fall to, like, that five spot or something like that. So with that being well, said, but if the playoffs well, started today, Depot, they're probably factor. Yeah, no, they are, but still, their seeding. If they continue to, Nate McMillan been having those ploys playing good basketball. So if they continue to win, you know, they just kind of mess up everything in the East because we, of course, don't see them having a chance to really advance to the finals. But if they sitting in that three spot and like Los alluding to, the Sixers and the Celtics have to face each other in the first round, then they then shook up basically everything out there. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, I mean, what about the Western Conference? Uh, I think that the Western Conference has not materialized yet. Um, I mean, you're looking at it and you see Golden State at top. I don't think that's going to change, number one. Denver at number two, I don't feel like that's going to change. I feel like that three through five is going to you know, Matt Toronto, you got the Blazers, OKC, and, and the Rockets. I don't think OKC is going to drop past any of them. I, I, I think the Rockets could have seen. OKC okay, playing. I think they could. Uh, but, but Jazz, San Antonio, Clippers, Kings, and the Lakers, I think that that's, that's where it's at. I think that, that you know, that's, that's going to be – somebody's going – out of those teams, those are going to be the spots. Um – I think that um, I think more importantly, I think what we should discuss probably. I know it's gonna seem like we're being biased because we're talking about the Lakers, but that is really the biggest that's, story. I mean, in the that's West what they're discussing on all other big. The Lakers are was was the fourth was in fourth spot prior to LeBron being injured, and then if you listen to LeBron, um, if you listen to LeBron in his press conference, he seemed very inspiring. I mean, I remember back when LeBron like was with the Heat or with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Whatever he said, he said, you know, like when when Cleveland um, was in the finals, I, I think, and it was that year that um, that uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt. Yeah, and the first one. he pushed them past the first round, right? And you know, he said in there that he's gonna give it all he got. You know, he got to really turn it up a notch. He really got to carry the team. Man, LeBron went. Off, yeah, and you know I see that same sentiment. You know you hear him saying, "I have plenty of years of ball left in me." You know uh, I'm really gonna go and ice him. I'm gonna give it all I have for the Lakers to you know. And then it was nice to hear him say that. You know he sees all the greats 
jerseys hung up, you know, from Jerry West to Kobe to Shaq, you know, and Magic, you know, he said he won his jersey next to them. I'm like, that's very inspiring to hear that. So yeah. LeBron is probably going into like sicko mode. Like yeah. starting tonight, you know, I yeah. expect him to drop like forty. Yeah. If not, if he drop if he don't drop forty, he's gonna drop like it's gonna be a, 10 and triple, it's gonna be a triple double. Yeah, he's gonna give it everything. And I've seen LeBron on other teams in, in Cleveland. Where, you know, you, you think about when Kyrie and, and him. You know, uh, I think it was the year before that's when they beat the Golden State Warriors when um, Green got suspended. Yeah, Twenty sixteen. Yeah. And LeBron, I mean, I think Kyrie had like fifty, and LeBron had like forty. Like you know, when he gets in that mode to where he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it. Yeah. You know, so I I do predict that the Lakers will get that eighth or seventh seed because of LeBron. Lowe's, talk about your goat, man. I'm gonna give you the floor. Talk about your goat. <laughs> no, I think the ideal situation <laughs> for the Lakers is to get that seventh seed. You know, um, I think they want to avoid the Warriors oh, first round at all costs. So if they can get that seventh seed for right now. It's they got a lot of work to do to get to reach San Antonio, who I think will believe is like seven games above 500. Yeah, seven games above 500. So right now we one game below 500. So, I mean, it's going, especially, you know, you guys laugh and you joke about this GOAT conversation, but if LeBron, you know, a team that missed the playoffs since, what, how many years has it been? Like five, six years since the, the Lakers last been to the playoffs? His first year with the team, with, with our young pieces, bring this, this Lakers team, you know, and answer that call like he mentioned and said, hey, you know, I, he likes feeling uncomfortable. He likes being in this position right now. He likes being doubted. If he could take this team and bring them to a playoffs and get that seven or eight seed with a team, bunch of, you know, young players, you know, you've got to put him in that goal conversation. You know, I know y'all, again, give me that, that give me crap about that, but I think, you know, if he does that with this team and just, you know, the Lakers don't have to, that's their goal this year, make the playoffs. The Lakers don't have to win it all this year. They just get those young players that playoff experience that they need. If they can get that intensity and see how the game changes and, you know, um, and get that experience as these young players, that would be huge for us going forward. Huge. Even if we can't pull off an Anthony Davis trade this summer, that would be huge for these players and their development going forward. Uh, two things, two things. Number one, first thing, you know, of course we're giving you a hard time, but obviously LeBron is in the GOAT conversation. Like, we, we all agree right. to that. Yeah. He's not my GOAT. You know, I, I don't say he's the GOAT, and I don't know if I would get to that point of saying he's the GOAT. That's just me, my personal thing. But uh, as it relates to the, to the Lakers and, and, and the playoffs and all of that, like you said, what we got to remember is that right prior to Christmas and then especially the showing on Christmas Day, the Lakers were playing some of the best basketball in the league, honestly, at that point. Like, the Lakers were playing really good basketball, had gotten up to that four seed, and then they had the big showdown on Christmas Day when, you know, they, they blew the Warriors out the gym. Blew them out the gym. Um, and then, of course, we had the LeBron injury. And what people don't get about the Lakers as well is that this wasn't just a LeBron injury. Rondo went out that same after that same game. He finished the game, but he... He was out extended games after that. Lonzo also got hurt during that stretch. Kuz got hurt during that stretch. Josh Hart got dinged up during that stretch. So it wasn't just a thing that it's like, okay, LeBron went out and the team fell to pieces. This was a team that had several injuries. So it's about the team, to me, getting healthy, getting complete again. Even before, even while LeBron was out, 
the team had somewhat caught their stride while Lonzo was still in, and then Lonzo had the ankle injury, and they faltered because they just coming off beating OKC, were really going to beat Houston, was up by, you know, double digits, maybe even close to 20 points, and then Lonzo went out. So I think you're looking at a team that can get it together, that can piece it together, but it's no more of a situation that you can wait anymore. So everything that was in their heads from the trade deadline, all that situation, all that got to be out the door, and they got to get back to basketball that was being played right before Christmas and on Christmas Day. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you hit it right on the head right there, man. Uh, but, you know, um, man, Papa has got the 2 for 10. That's crazy. But anyway, um, so ultimately, do you feel as though, I mean, I know we, we, we expect the Lakers to make the playoffs, right? But when you look at the Pelicans with everything the, the black cloud over them, do you feel like they can do you feel like they can make a run? Like do you feel like or you feel like that's no. uh no. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that it's a mess and, and it's a it's it's actually a great transition because you know, when you look at the A D situation with the trade, we've covered it. It was big time. And then the update comes out, you know, with, with the shoulder injury. And they say that he left the arena, and then Dale Dale Dimps wasn't wasn't made. He did not make uh, the coach. I can't remember his name now. But you talking about Evan Gentry? Yeah, didn't make Gentry aware of it, and then the 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 higher ups were enraged that they he didn't let the let the coach know. And then they ultimately now you know we know that Dimps was fired. But my thing is is that it was kind of I said in the grooming it's kind of hypocritical because. They dissuaded him to make the trade. There was reports coming out that they told him he better not make the yeah, trade. Didn't want, you know, before the summer. You know, that this might as well should have just made that trade. Yeah, just just went out like, hey, peace, this is me. I'm gonna do my thing. And we're gonna like good blaze it. Yeah, he should he might as well should have left like a real one, but you know, it's just such a mess and you know, I've talked to multiple Pelicans fans and they told me it was just like you know, it. They was like, "Oh, why would we make a trade? That's not smart." And then they laughed at me when I said this. I was like, "Why would you want? You know, this is like before All Star break. I was like, why would you want this black cloud over your franchise for the rest of this season? That's a long time for a black cloud to be over. This season is basically a waste because you got your superstar saying he doesn't want to be there, and now there's reports saying that he's gonna play, but they're gonna cut his minutes." Like, you basically threw this season away. You know, y'all won enough games not to be in the lottery uh, contest. And y'all, y'all haven't lost again. So, y'all not going to get a great draft pick. Like, why not make that trade? And that's what, that's, that was my point the whole time. Like, people really, uh, I guess, uh, undervalue morality of a ball club. Like, if your morale is down and if there's a, a, a morality issue within the organization from the top down, then you're not going to be able to win ball games. And, you know, I guess, you know, New Orleans doesn't have a basketball team, does not have a winning culture, so I guess that doesn't matter to them. But, you know, I feel like if it was like a bigger market team like the Lakers or, you know, like, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Miami or something like that, and their superstar said they wanted to be gone, he would be gone before the season was over, you know. 
So, I mean, that, that's the difference. You know, they they handled it wrong, and now they're having to suffer the consequences. I mean, just chiming in on it, um, I see both sides of the spectrum, honestly. Um, from, from this... From the side of, of course, having the Lakers bias into it, of course, I did think that, okay, you should make the deal. You get all these pieces like that. Um, but I do understand, in a sense, where they're coming from as an organization. They know that this season, in their mind, is a waste regardless. Um, and so, basically, instead of looking at this season, they're trying to look at the next 5 to 10 years or the next 10 to 15 years. And so, what they feel, whether it's right or wrong, is that okay, let's wait until this offseason, let's wait until all the cards are on the table where we can get every bidder involved. Um, they felt that the, the Celtics are a solid bidder for them and that they couldn't get them involved before the trade deadline. So let's at least have them as a table and just negotiation strategy, have all options available and say, okay, who's going to pitch the best thing to me? Okay, this is what we hear from the Celtics. Knicks, what do you got? Okay, if you got a chance to sign, are you willing to give that up? Okay, oh wait, no, Lakers, now you want to include this? So I think they wanted all the chips and all the potential options there, which is why I can see I can see both ways of approaching it. Um, once again, though, it's still, it's still a risk either way. It's a risk. It's, it's a risk. I, I mean, of they course. They have to get this right. Yeah, and I, I don't, want to, say, I don't yeah. want to say this, so I'm not wishing this or anything when I say it, but you run the risk of, Let's just say something serious happens to AD even in his limited minutes. Mm-hmm. Now that depresses the market value for him, of which you probably won't get what you would even gotten at the trade deadline. So, and we all know that AD has injury issues. Right. So, what I think is that is the only absolute only risk that the Pelicans run, and that's mainly why the new ownership that's coming in, the interim right now, is coming in, is trying to push to sit AD. Because that's the only risk that they run. Otherwise, the Pelicans had no real reason to rush a trade. You know, I mean, the, the fan in me wanted them to go ahead and get rid of him, you know, and see him go somewhere else. But otherwise, the Pelicans really had no real reason to rush that trade. Why not, you know, if they're able to get him to sit or to limit his minutes to keep him fresh and not get injury, why not keep that piece and open it up like you guys mentioned? To everybody, you know, put everything on the table. Because guess what? The Lakers offer, you know, that they offer going to be the same offer that they're going to offer this summer. You know, let's keep it real. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, the Pelicans knew that. You know what I'm saying? The Pelicans know that, you know, with the pressure of LeBron and Magic Johnson wanting to get that second star, he would offer that same exact deal. Yeah, they won't have the draft picks, you know. Maybe, and then another part of that is the Celtics get a clear by waiting, the Celtics get a clear picture of the lottery. Who wins the lottery? You know, does one of those picks that the Celtics have, because I believe they have three first round, does one of those picks slip, you know, and go, you know, higher than expected, and, you know, and do they get more for that? You know, things of that nature that goes, works in the Pelicans' favor. So I see why the Celtics waited, you know, and that was, I think they made, as much as I hate to say it, I think they made the right move. Now it's just interesting to see what they do with Anthony Davis going forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's no reason for the rest of their trade. But as a yeah. Lakers fan, I want to yeah. too. Yeah, and I think they knew. I they, they already knew that they were getting rid of Dimps, and they knew in their mind, we don't want Dimps making this decision. So we're not going to let them pull the trigger before the trade deadline, but I and think then we're going to end up firing them. I don't know. I think it's ownership. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, Dimps is a scapegoat. Yeah. Whenever a team is underperforming, they feel as though in their mind they're not going to get rid of Alvin, yeah. Alvin Gentry. You know, somebody has to be the scapegoat. And mm-hmm. I think Dell Dimps was a scapegoat. You know, and I know just being a, in from Louisiana, we all know from being from Louisiana that New Orleans historically is is not the best in handling cap space because, especially with basketball, because basketball is secondary yeah. to football. But even when you look at our football team with the Saints, and I'm an avid Saints fan, I don't try to hide it. But, you know, what? what's my fear is that we have – a lot of talent on our team that has to be paid, and historically, New Orleans has 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 proven that they're not about yeah. paying their players. I mean, we, you look at it right now. Mark Ingram is is is, is potentially going to be a free agent and is able to choose where he wants to go. I'm interested to see if we're going to retain him. But you look at you know the scope of our team. You got to pay Alvin Kamara. You got to pay Michael Thomas. You flip on the defense side. You got to play Marcus Williams. You got to pay Marshawn Lattimore. You gotta pay Davenport eventually. You're gonna to have to pay Sheldon Rankins eventually. Uh, I'm sure Cam Jordan is gonna come up for an extension soon. So I mean, we have all of this talent, but you know, New Orleans is owned by the Benson family, and they haven't proven that they are willing to to do what it takes to retain these players. And you know, like I mentioned earlier, that's that small market mentality, yeah. and it translates into the Pelicans. You've had this guy for seven years. You finally, you know, Dems made a great deal. Great deal to get Boogie. Great deal. But, you know, they didn't do enough to retain Boogie. And, you know, especially when your superstar is, is publicly saying that he wants to retain Boogie and he thinks that they could build something special. And, you know, you, you let him walk. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, historically, New Orleans, you know, they have a transcendent talent. They have to get this right. They yeah. have to, have to, have I, to get this right. Yeah. If they don't get this right, they're not I, able to, to flip this number one pick that they had in 2012. They're going to be set back for five years. And I think that this is the only thing, you know, AD is probably the only reason why New Orleans still has a basketball team. Because they don't care about the basketball team. You look at yeah. the attendance. The yeah. attendance is not all that great. Right. So, I mean, I, if I, they don't make this right decision, New Orleans could potentially not have a basketball yeah. team in the incoming years. Right. No, no, that's, that's definitely a key point. And I think to even kind of piggyback on what you're saying and also to kind of bring a point that Los mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago, too. Uh, I think part of what the issue is that you got that one single ownership with hands in two buckets. And we already know that still, yeah. like you were saying, and like Los said a couple of weeks ago, still, the Saints are king in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it's going to be. And so when you got ownership that has two clubs, two organizations, you see the, where the focus is. I mean, you look at the Pelicans. Part of their injury things. We talk about AD, quote-unquote, injury-prone, and we talk about all these players. They missing time because they got doggone football trainers that are being used for the basketball team. Mm -hmm. That should be two different things. But once again, like you were saying and like Lowe said a couple of weeks ago, the focus is on football. So you know what? We're not going to hire true basketball trainers or we're not going to have two different training staffs. Football is king, so let's go with that, and then we'll give basketball kind of the pieces that flow from there. And that's what part of the issue is with that organization. Until you have true basketball people and true basketball minds that are focused on really building the Pelicans and not just focused on building the Saints and maintaining the Pelicans, you won't see the Pelicans truly be a a franchise that can truly be respected, in my opinion. I agree. 
agree. Right, and that's why star players don't stay there, you know, and historically don't stay there because they feel like they're getting the hand-me-downs from the Saints. You know, they're playing, they're, they're not getting the respect, you know, that the, the Saints are getting. And then you look at, I mean, you look at, uh, like, Anthony Davis this year. You know, I love, I love my home state of Louisiana, but Anthony Davis should have been voted as a starter in the league. You know, that goes back to the, I'm, I'm sorry, a starter in the All star game. You know what I'm saying? That goes back to the fans. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to have, you got to support your star. You have a star support him. You know what I'm saying? This is before all the trade, you know, speculation, and all that. He wasn't voted. So I mean, you can't use that excuse that oh, you know, he started want to trade. You know, I'm not voting for him. No, this is before that. That stuff came up before um, his his trade request. So that's that's the type of stuff you got. The best player, you know, top three player in the league. You know, uh, definitely number one at his position. You know, and he's not getting the love, you know, from the fans. So I mean, you look at that as a player, as your brand, and you look at your 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 ownership, like you guys mentioned, not not showing that you're a priority. Then yeah, I want to leave town. So I mean, Dale was the scapegoat, but you know that that team just needs to go ahead and find maybe some type of homegrown player that's going to stay there, like the Pacers did. You know, with finding. Aladipo, you know, who played college ball there. So somebody that actually wants to be there and grow there and do those type of things. That's the best thing. Like Cleveland did with LeBron. You know, no, Cleveland wasn't even re- relevant until LeBron really showed up. So they, the Pelicans' best thing, best move they can do is find some type of homegrown player, somebody that's from New Orleans, you know, something like that, and then grow from there. That's the best way they can retain a star, I think. That's great. That's great. So, uh, Kyrie, um, real quick. Kyrie came out lashing out at the media again, upset about a video that leaked to him and Kevin Durant discussing in the hallway, and then reports came out rumored that they are going to join forces in New York. I do not want to talk about that because that's a new point because we talked about that last week with KD crying. I, I like Kyrie. He's one of my favorite, top five favorite players in the league, but I don't like the crybaby stuff, but I give him a pass because this is his first time. No, I no, I we, we time? no, we we not we not giving the pass because <laughs> I brought up Kyrie and, and Kyrie is actually my favorite player in the league, so I'm gonna preface it with that. But I brought up Kyrie the last time, and I brought up about the same stuff that he was saying about the media and how the media even talked about how he didn't want to say this or that, and he got tired of them asking them the questions. So I talked about that last pod because we had so a pretty heated discussion. Huh? So it's Kyrie a crybaby. I think that in both situations, they just both voicing how they feel. We so don't have to rehash the KD. They crybabies then. They both crybabies. Okay, if that's what you want to label it as, then but we're going to have to label them the same. I, I can't let you treat Kyrie different from what you're saying with KD. I don't like, the thing I don't like about what he said is that these sportscasters, like they're not attacking you personally. Like, they are attacking what they see on the court, which is it's public and publicly playing in public. So you are suggesting yourself to opinions. Now my thing with Kyrie in in everything is that you don't have to address every single thing. It's the Cardi B effect. Cardi B feel like she has to address every single thing someone says about her. Every single thing. You just want a Grammy. It's no, you want, that's that's like the, the national, that's the Super Bowl. You just want your Super Bowl ring and you still feel the need to address Instagram comments. 
And I feel the same way about Kyrie and KD. KD is the second best player in the league. I regard Kyrie as probably a top 10 player in the league. Top 10, yeah. Uh, Why do you feel the need? Like, it's the media. Like, why are you letting the media affect you that much? You know, it gets a little irritating. I mean, I just feel like, you know, I think that if you are talking, I mean, Bleacher Report. They, I, I don't feel like Bleacher Report. I feel like Bleacher Report are ran by a bunch of amateurs that are just looking for something. Now, anytime you talk to KD, or anytime it looks like it, like LeBron, like they had a picture that was released on Bleacher Report or ESPN, one of those outlets, and it showed him dapping down AD and Kyrie, and then they put eyes on it. You know, like... I mean, it's just a narrative that's being written. Like yeah. it ain't, it ain't nothing. It's not an attack right. on you personally. Oh, all right. This, this is how I feel about it. I feel that in a lot of those cases, I'm gonna just be point blank period. But I think it's it's easy for us to see it from this perspective when we not walking in the shoes. Now, obviously, we should say a person get to a certain level, a certain point, they should flush out the noise. And it's easy for us to say that, but it's different when you are the human in that position. You know, there are times that, for instance, we've had little things where trolls then came at us, you know, on social media, and we felt some type of way with situations. I had a situation, not to go too in-depth, but a, a video went viral of my niece a couple of years ago, and some people started saying certain things and assuming certain things um, based upon the video that we knew weren't factual based upon our family. And so what happened? I chimed in. My brother chimed in. My uh, sister-in-law chimed in. So it's, it's, to me, it's, it's very, very easy for us to sit back and say, hey, you on this level, you should be able to flush that out. You should be able to block out the noise. You should be able to ignore that. I think it's a whole different situation when you actually are the one that's in those shoes. I know it comes with the territory. I know we say that, but I just feel that it's different when you actually the one that's in those shoes. I, I think I think it's both ways you gotta look at it. You know, these reporters, these media guys, they're doing their job. They're doing what's gonna be read, that's gonna get clicks. You know, that's going to put money in their pockets. You know what I'm saying? So, I think they're doing their job. <laughs> and so, when they're doing their job... <laughs> yeah, you didn't hear that one. <laughs> I heard them. And so, I think, you know, and at the same time, Kyrie, you know, he has the right to be upset, you know, or he has the right to not respond to it or not, you know, address it. You know, that's his right yeah, on the same yeah, side of it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good... That's a great... That's Wait, a great no, point. I don't... You like, know what? You I, know, I, I, but I no, no. But I don't... But I don't want to give y'all two that because y'all gave KD a hard time. And I tried to say that same stuff. I tried to say that same stuff for KD the last time we recorded this pod. And y'all told me, uh uh, cut it. I just want to play basketball. Like, shut up. Shut up. But you, you, you harped on on that point of it without seeing, but without seeing, but without seeing that the overall pitch and the overall scheme of it. Is the same thing as what's going on with Kyrie. But I just think it make you look weak that you lashing out at people who can't defend themselves. That's why I like to like, oh, you being big, bad, and tough with reporters who are, you know. I, why can't they defend themselves? The reporters have the most power, though, and that's what we underestimate. You, you say they can't defend themselves, but these words and these stuff that they publish, yeah. they putting stuff into the minds of the people. 
You know what I'm saying? And that's when you have the words in the minds of the people. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, you know, you have the narratives being built and stuff that's not necessarily true. Then does it matter really what's the truth, or does it matter what what the narrative that's being built? You know, that's a real question. You know, that yeah. people these days they get mixed up what the actual truth is, and then and they just take and run with these stories that's that's pure speculation. So I mean, these reporters and these media they have power. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think they're defenseless. So yeah, you can you can yeah. piss these reporters off. They can build some type yeah. of narrative. And then have you looking like the bad guy. So and, and and the thing of it, just getting to the to the root of it, put yourself in that situation. Put yourself in that situation. I'm not saying that you gotta exactly say, okay, I'm an NBA player and they writing this and that about me. I'm talking about just period. If you feel that people were putting a wrong narrative about you or making an assumption about something that's not really what it is, you think in every situation you're just gonna be like Okay, it is what it is. I'm going to just let that float out there. It's going to be what it's be. And people can blah, 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 think what they want. Or do you think sometimes you're going to feel in you to say, no, that's not what it is. That's not what I'm saying here. That's not this and that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying to never respond. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at LeBron. LeBron takes the most heat and he handles it with grace. So, I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, I yeah, but it, it hasn't always been the case. I mean, LeBron also, too, after the finals, basically told everybody, you're poor, you're going to go to your regular jobs each and every day. Yeah, so, I I'm mean, saying you know, people you, have yeah. their moments. I think uh, enough is enough, though. <laughs> I mean, KD and Kyrie has had instances, like, multiple instances. Like, okay, we get it. Like, you know, like, so are you willing to now, Are you willing to put them in the same category now, though? Because last time you were like, oh, no, Kyrie and KD, yeah, that's completely I, I different. after this time, okay. you I mean, after after the first comment, I did like the comment. I don't owe anybody nothing. I like that one, but you know, after this one, like, come on, dog. Like, it just look, it's just wank to me, bro. Like, I understand you feel a certain way, you human and all that, but I'm just like, it's just like, what's the point? Like Westbrook, like, what's the point? Like, what's the point of like? And, and but you gotta look at the other scope too. I know we saying that the media is doing their job and all that kind of stuff, but from the athlete's perspective, he's like, what's the point? I was just having a conversation with KD. What's the point of you turning this into something? Yeah, so there's a what? There's a what's the point on both sides of like, it is what I'm trying okay, to say. Okay, so why can't just say, we just had a conversation? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Like, if it's not, it's like... He because was you, more guilty. But you know it doesn't end with that. You know it doesn't end with that. He says it's just a conversation. So, right. Then they take it so to let's the next have one. Fun. Is Kyrie and KD gonna be in New York? No. I don't think so either. I would say no. New York would be lucky to get one star. It's just like it's just like think about it, man. It's just like the Lakers. The Lakers had two open spots for years, and people automatically just put the stars there. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say they. I don't think. Like I said, they'll be look. I, I think maybe KD will go there. Yeah, I don't. I was like about to say. I don't think KD and Kyrie, but KD for sure. They say KD move uh, media company moved to New York. That's a big deal. Because yeah. I mean, two years before LeBron made his decision, you know, LeBron they say he yeah, bought a house yeah. in L.A. Well, and they had people that on and, his team. Yeah, on his team was in L.A. So you know, that's a big deal. I don't. I don't quite understand why KD going to New York, but 
I, I think I think it's redemption because he wants to, yeah. you know, say I could do it on my own. Yeah, and what you got to look at too is, I mean, KD has to me gotten several of his moves from LeBron. Like he felt that he was validated, even though you know it's the same yet different. But he felt validated in going to Golden State because of what LeBron did with Miami. Mm-hmm. Now, what did he talk about after LeBron went to LA? About how much he he mm-hmm. loved the move that LeBron made and how LeBron took this in his hand and he went to the market, the place where he wanted to go, and he talked that up. So now it seems logical for KD to be like, okay, I'm gonna get my money. I'm gonna go to the market where I want to be. And boom, this and that. So it's like, I think that in a sense, he kind of, even though he talked about being with LeBron and that being quote unquote toxic and all that, it's really kind of like LeBron being his big brother that he didn't look up to <laughs> and is following his, his in his footsteps pretty much. <laughs> big brother. I'm sure if, if uh, you said that at a, at a KD Oh, he'd be upset. He'd call me out. He'd call me out. He'd call me out. He'd bite your head off. If I put that on IG, one of his burner accounts going to have a comment on my post. Oh, wow. <laughs> man, you take it. Man, you've been about to pay your pants to him. You took two shots in less than 10 seconds, AKD. All right, so uh, AB, Antonio Brown, it's finally being reported that they cleared the air with the owner. And they are going to move on from maybe, and they're going to trade him. Um, we all know how y'all feel about Antonio Brown. We we did a whole episode yeah. about Antonio Brown. I want to see. I'm going to say that AB ends up in San Francisco. That's interesting. I think I think that's the best place. I think I was gonna agree and say the same thing. The San Francisco both have the position open for him to get his targets that he desired and they have the money to also make the move happen. You know, they have the draft picks too. So I mean I think that's the best place for him to go. Jimmy you know, G A B. Fantasy wise that'll be great, you know what I'm saying? But I think, you know, I will I will I don't want him to see him come to our division as in the Los Angeles Rams, so um I would I wouldn't be mad if he don't go to San Francisco. Where you think he ends up? Now when I say this, don't think that I'm messing up with what I'm about to say. The Colts. Um but it's about to be a situation, um, of the Indianapolis Steelers, uh, with A B <laughs> and Le'Veon Bell making their way on to Indy. The wait, thing about wait, it wait, the thing about it, if we want it to happen, it will happen. If we want it to happen. We have the draft capital. We have the most cap space in the league for this offseason. So signing Le'Veon, that's no issue. Like I said, we have the draft capital based upon even the deal that we made with the Jets before last draft when we traded down to the sixth pick and grabbed some picks for them. So we could easily drop a pick or even two picks on AB. We would have the funds to be able to sink him in so we ain't got to worry about no cap issues. So, like I said, if we want it to happen in Indy, it's going to happen. But I don't know if, if Ballard, because he likes to build through the draft. That's his whole thing. Of That's how he likes to build a team and sustain success. So, I don't know if he's going to go that route. But, like I said, if Indy wants it to happen, it will happen. Hmm. Interesting. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. We'll see. It'll be. I'm sure you'll love that, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. Okay. Now another option, and it's another thing. I think I do get Le'Veon. I don't think yeah. I get AB. Yeah. 
I mean, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that because with AB comes some other things as well. Like you, you got to oh, deal true. with AB. Oh, yeah. So, he's but a he's, a, yeah, but he's a talent. Bro, so he, either way, I'm good. Big chest, don't call him AB. Call him. Big oh chest. yeah. Call him what? Big chest. Big chest. Yeah. Why call him Big chest? Don't call him AB. Call him Big chest. <laughs> he on his whole Metal World peace kick now. Nah. <laughs> Said, he, 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 he said that about himself. Yeah, he big legit. Chest? Big chest? Big chest. C-H-E-S-T. Yeah. <laughs> big chest. Oh, my gosh, bro. Yeah. Then, what is he, uh, just off topic kind of, but what is he doing with that mustache? And his hair, bro. <laughs> I think you can pull that off. Los, I think you can pull that off. Nah, not a chance, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dye my stuff. Man, look at his hair, bro. Like, yeah. I can't get over it. Bro, yeah. like, he just don't know. He's got he, too much money, yeah. too much success. Like, <laughs> bro, he's one of the most cockiest guys. Yeah. But I, I but, love him. But to, to Los's point, is what Ryan Clark, when Los brought that up, is yeah. what Ryan Clark, have we seen that come yeah. to light? Yeah, we have. More so than ever when he's on his live. Hit my phone. You know, I want to be on the team with that. That, that ain't a good... Situation don't hit me up. I'm like, man, this dude yeah. really, but he's so cocky. But right, like teams but are he, willing to deal with it because he's so good. He's so good. He so okay, good. where does Le'Veon end up? Do you even need to ask me? I mean, you know what I'm gonna yeah, say. Yeah, so yeah, nah. <laughs> I think I think Le'Veon ends up with the Ravens. Wow, I never heard that one. Why? I think I think Ravens. I think. I think that's the most interesting spot. I think they have, you know, they're putting their pieces behind Lamar Jackson. I like what uh, they did with uh, Joe Flacco. I love it. They moved on. And yeah, they, they, they didn't hit yeah. Joe Flacco. They said, we, we, we're moving on from you. We're going to put you in a great play. And he's in a great spot. I love that landing spot. What, what, you know, Denver. Denver. I love it. I love it. They was looking for a quarterback. They finally got one. Boo. It's over. Flacco got a lot left in the time. Man, stop disrespecting <laughs> But go ahead, Lewis. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I, I love I love that spot for him when you think about it. Yeah, I think that with that three option, Le'Veon, um, dual threat, you know, getting passes out the backfield, you know, a nice check down option for Lamar Jackson. I think with that defense in place, uh, with Lamar Jackson developing, I think you get him a star running back, you know, behind him. I think that will be an amazing spot for him. And then guess what? You get to play the Steelers. How many times a year? Twice a year. Yeah. So, you know, he's a free man. You know, you got that whole narrative, you know, until you get to play the Steelers, you know, in the same division twice a year. So, you know, that's going to also, you know, build your brand, you know. So I, I like that, and I think he'll look good, you know, with that Raven on his helmet. Quick, quick, right. quick, quick point, bro. What was your uncle Stephen A. talking about, Rob, when he talking about Le'Veon can end up on the Carolina Panthers? And they got Christian McCaffrey over there. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I don't agree. First of all, he's not my uncle. Oh. But I don't, <laughs> oh, like you ain't <laughs> agree. I don't agree with that. What about Le'Veon on the Buccaneers? They've been needing a running back since. But man, I think that I would hate like Los would hate if AB invades on his uh division. I would hate that he would invade on my division, me being a, a New Orleans Saint, but 
Right. Man, that, that, that's looking like a great spot. They have a so, quarterback. They have yeah. Mike Evans on the outside. They need that running game. Tampa Bay historically loves to run the ball. But think about this. What solves both of y'all issues of A.B. not being in Lowe's division and Le'Veon not being in your division? Both of them coming to Indy. <laughs> both of them coming to Indy. That way, neither one of y'all got to worry about that happening. Neither one of y'all got to worry about him being in your division. The Indiana still. Not, not even in y'all conference. So, yeah, you good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting Sunday in the NFL. So, we wrapped up another episode. Uh, thanks for listening again. Episode 31. Um, make sure you follow us on the old underscore bench warmers and on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher. And we appreciate the love. NFL draft content is coming sooner than you think. Last year, we predicted some big things that came into fruition. So you definitely want to be locked in on what we have to say about this year's NFL draft, man. Like, we're we gaining credit. We, what they call it? Credibility. Yeah, credibility. Yeah. We're gaining credibility, man. We, 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 we killed last draft. Like, I don't think we bragged on that enough. We killed last draft. Lowe's, what you think? Absolutely. Murdered it. Man, we killed that, man. Like, Nah, we was better than some, like, Bleacher Report uh, article. So, man, make sure you lock in our draft content. It's coming very, very soon. And we appreciate y'all for listening. We out here. Peace.